Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodcher. Terrific. This episode, we talk about animals that do not belong. Invasive species. These are animals that have invaded a territory and have caused lots of havoc. There are tons of invasive species throughout the world, and today we will talk about a few of them. And this is actually going to be part one. I originally thought that we could cover everything in one episode, and like normal, I'm, I was wrong. <laughs> and so this is going to be a two-part series. Okay. And this is a topic I've talked about a couple times. I've been saying that I've been wanting to cover it for a long time, and I'm glad that we finally are. It's going to be fun. There's lots of interesting stories here. And we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, one of the scariest animals to have ever lived, the terror birds. Yeah. Weren't they pretty neat? Yeah. So you didn't know anything about those no. going into it, did you? Uh. Aren't you surprised that there was such a thing? Yeah. They're really cool, Isn't though. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I bet a lot of other people didn't even know about them. So hopefully everyone learned some cool things on our last episode. And as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. Hello there, gentlemen. Hmm, I was thinking, you know, if you brought me a lady cheetah, hmm, we could procreate and create our own invasive cheetah species here in Salt Lake City. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, just one of you is invasive enough. <laughs> maybe we maybe we could get Cheetor a female. Cheetor. Oh, I don't know if we want to do that. Or we'll castrate them, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners to tuning in to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We love knowing that you're out there. It's really awesome. And if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. You can say whatever you want. Say something you like about the show. Say where you're from so we know. Uh, the ratings and reviews really help our podcasts gain more attention. It'll help gain more listeners. That is the main idea of a podcast. Uh, so please go ahead and do that for us. I like to think we have like a cult-like following. Yeah. Force of nature. Yeah. All right. So quick intro. What do you say we get going now, Dave? Let's do it. First, let's make sure we know exactly what an invasive species is. So... The definition, an invasive species is an organism that is not indigenous or native to a particular area. And it can cause great environmental and economic harm to the new area. And that happens in all these stories, or most of these stories. And to be invasive, a species must adapt to the new area easily. It must reproduce quickly. It must harm property, the economy, or the native plants and animals of the region. Okay, And many invasive species are introduced to a new region accidentally, while others are brought on purpose. And we will go over kind of both examples today. Okay. Basically, invasive species are bad and do not, they just don't, they're animals that don't belong there. And there are way more invasive species than I originally thought there was. Uh, we won't be able to cover them all, but uh, I chose some of the most interesting ones. Okay. Up first, I, cho I chose this one on purpose. Uh, up first, we, we're going to go over one that has been in the news recently. Um, I'm sure you've heard of them, the Asian murder hornets. Uh, yeah. Have, have Is you that what they're called? The mur yeah, Asian, oh, okay. the Asian hornet or the, their we call it, nickname we call of the, the Japanese 
Yeah, was it the Japanese murder hornets? Japanese giant hornet. Is that what they're, you call yeah, them? Okay. They're all, all those names. Okay. So at the end of 2019, they were seen in North America for the very first time. These hornets were found in Washington State and in Canada in the Vancouver area on a small handful of occasions. Um, this environment is similar to the ones they live in in Asia. Okay. These hornets are the largest in the world, averaging around 1.5 inches. So do that with your hand. And like, oh, that's a okay. big hornet. Yeah. I do not want to mess with that. <sighs> and the queens can be over two inches long. <laughs> As their name suggests, they are from various parts of Asia, but they are mostly well known for being in Japan. Okay. And they are a, a big, mean looking insect with a nasty sting. And they have quarter-inch quarter stingers that can pierce normal beekeeping attire. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, they are voracious predators capable of massacring entire honeybee hives in a matter of hours. Jeez. Most honeybee species are totally defenseless against the giant hornet, especially our native bees. They have no defense mechanism. They've never seen them before. So uh, our native bees would be totally decimated by these invasive giant hornets. Wow. However, experts aren't especially worried about these invaders yet. Most sightings were all of individual hornets, and the the one small hive found was destroyed, and that was in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Experts say that more people... Yeah, so it's not a huge worry, but um, experts say that more people are killed in the U.S. by honeybees than in Asia with the giant hornets. Oh, wow. Okay. In the U.S., about 60 to 80 people die from allergic reactions to honeybee stings. Huh. That's, a, that's more than I anticipated. Uh, only about 40 people die per year in Asia, mostly in Japan, from these hornets. Okay. However, you definitely do not want to get stung by one of these hornets, as it is much more painful and toxic than a regular honeybee. Researchers have likened being stung to having a hot nail driven into one's flesh. Jeez. Doesn't sound very fun. No. Not at all. I watched a YouTube video on a guy um, intentionally doing it to see what it feels Was like. Was it with one of these hornets? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, he said it was pretty darn painful. It'll last for a while. Oh, yeah. I think he said the only thing that was worse was uh, there was some centipede. Centipede? I can't remember what it was, but there was some centipede. That one's the worst thing to ever get bitten from. But yeah, this one, he's like, yeah, it's up there. I wouldn't. We'll have to, we'll have to remember, remember to do, um, do a chart sometime. Of the most painful bites. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do that. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was the bullet ant. The bullet ant? Yeah. That is painful. Yeah, yeah. The guy, but the guy that's doing, I can't remember his name. Something wolf or something like that. He uh, he says that uh, some, some centipede. centipede is, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I'll have to do that. That sounds kind of interesting. I bet everybody would like You're to. You're going to do that? Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, I mean I'll look you. up the information online. Oh, but... I thought you were going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll record for you. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so uh, good news is that these giant hornets are normally only dangerous if provoked and tend to keep to themselves unless threatened. Okay. But how big of an issue are these invasive giant hornets? Well, as of now, it appears to not be that big of an issue. Huh. Uh, Yet, at least. Uh, Who knows? Maybe in a few months they will make their way here and 
devastate Salt Lake. Who knows? Oh, boy. But experts say f- facts don't support there is an established invasion going on. Uh, kind of like the Vikings in North America. Just didn't take, did it? <laughs> it just didn't, didn't work out. <laughs> uh, I, I did find some useful information for everyone, though. If you are stung by bees, if you are stung more than 10 times, you're supposed to get medical help. Oh, okay. More than 30 stings, it's to be treated as a medical emergency. Ooh. So that's good info for everybody. Yeah. I've, I haven't been bit or stung by a or bit by a hornet or wasp in years. Knock on wood. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's been a long time for me. I think the last time was, it was over 10 years ago when I when I used to fertilize. Yeah, I got one from, there was a, you know, mm-hmm. stinking swing set, you know. Yeah. They always that. have them on swing sets. Oh, wasp what? nests, and so stirred it up and it got me. When I was in high school and playing baseball, uh-huh. and for some reason, sometimes in left field, it was a little swampy out there, uh-huh. and we were doing um, outfield practice out there, and there was, I think they were wasps, and they they were going for guys' eyes, and it Ooh. got it got two of my buddies right below their eyes, and their oh, eyes wow. sw- uh, swelled up in a matter of minutes, and they couldn't Ooh. they couldn't do the rest of the practice because wow. they couldn't see, <laughs> and it crazy. was like at least a two or day three day thing for them. Gee, so yeah, yeah. I got it in my lip, and it swelled Ooh. up. You know, probably looked pretty good, like a Kardashian or something for a while, <laughs> but that wasn't in at the time. No, but. Yeah, they have them, and they've got the wasps will build in the grass. Maybe that's why they got them in left field. Yeah, right? and there was some water get, on there. Oh, okay, yeah. we will, you know we'll have to do a bee episode sometime as well. Yeah, there's just the problem with doing bees. There's so many different species, and you, oh, okay. I mean, though, if we did do it, I would mostly talk about the Africanized honeybees. They're oh, an invasive okay. species as well. Huh. They escape from a center in South America or Central America, one of the two, and they move their way up. They're all the way up into Arizona and Texas, and they're extremely aggressive, and they've, like, um, mated with the local bee population. So now there's, like, these hybrid bees all around the oh, southwest. Wow. I swear, everything escapes, quotation marks. Yeah, but I know, right? Just... Well, we're going to go over a couple more things that have escaped here in a little bit. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, but, yeah, don't be too scared of these murder hornets yet. All right, let's move over to our next invasive species. This is one of my favorites. I don't know why. I I just really like this story. And I've mentioned it before briefly, and it's just a cool, cool, interesting story. So the invasive species I'm talking about are hippos. Wow. And these hippos are in Colombia, South America. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And you're probably wondering... How are there hippos in Colombia? <laughs> Aren't they supposed to be in Africa? Well, the reason, back in the 80s, the late 70s, early 80s, a man by the name Pablo Escobar, <laughs> the famous drug it's lord. always drug lords. <laughs> the famous drug lord of Colombia built himself a menagerie, a private zoo for himself. He had many exotic animals smuggled in to Colombia. He had elephants, giraffes, zebra. And many, many others, including hippos. Actually, four hippos. Hmm. So after Escobar and his cocaine empire died, and I think it was 93 is when okay. he died. I actually just, uh, a couple a couple months ago, I finished watching Narcos. Oh, yeah? It was a really good show, and it was interesting to learn all about Pablo Escobar and everything. But uh, maybe that's why I like this story so much, is because I 
I've seen it on the show, so I can nice. I can kind of hint at it. And then remember in the show, he's even like talking to some guy, and he was saying, oh, "I'm gonna feed you to the hippos or something." <laughs> like that. Nice. But the, uh, the the so after he died and everything, the government relocated all of the animals, except and for some reason we don't know, they left the hippos. They just left them. I don't know if they just forgot about them. It'd be pretty hard to forget about. Yeah. Probably they're just like, we're not going to deal with them. That's probably the main reason they're like, I'm not doing, not touching those hippos. They didn't shoot them, but they just let, I I imagine they just, I don't want to shoot them. I don't want anything to do with them. And they're like, I didn't see it. Did you see it? And then they just bailed. (laughs) They're in the water somewhere. (laughs) So that's basically what happened though. And the hippos became wild and started multiplying. And today, there are around 60 to 80 hippos living in the wild in Colombia. Oh, wow. Maybe more. Wow. And so these hippos now living now in Colombia, they have it really good. It's basically hippo heaven for them. Nice. Uh, Pablo es- so Pablo Escobar actually left tons of cocaine in the bottom of the river. And these hippos are going down and they are snorting the cocaine. <laughs> It's a constant party for these hippos. Whoa. They have big noses, too. They do. Okay, Dave, obviously that wasn't true. <laughs> I didn't know if you were buying that or not. No, I made that up. They are not uh, cocaine hippos. Well, they Coked should... up hippos are running around. That would be even more dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be funny, though. Yeah. Say hello to my little friend, pygmy hippo. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not true. <laughs> that would be interesting now. Uh, but it is hippo heaven. They have uh, no natural predators to here and uh, plenty of food and there are never any droughts. So they're always there's always water. Wow. Uh, if I was a hippo, I think I would want to live here in Colombia. Yeah. There's just no worries. <laughs> be yeah. happy hippos. Nice. Uh, the majority of the hippos live inside Escobar's former estate property which was turned into a small amusement park in 2007 oh really yeah nice uh like it's like a theme park uh safari restaurant resort huh. resort there's swimming pools there like it looks cool i saw videos of it and i want to go there oh yeah right the, on. the property doesn't resemble much about escobar they kind of want to erase him from memory <laughs> get rid of the cocaine theme yeah, yeah. Get rid of, yeah. it's not really for kids <laughs> uh and if i but if i ever go to Colombia, i definitely like to go here though it looks really cool right on and there is like a now there is an actual zoo there, so you can like drive your car through a safari oh, okay. type zoo. But um, these invasive hippos are having an impact on the local environment, and people are having a hard time keeping them contained in the estate. They they've built fences with barbed wire that the hippos just break down. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like nothing to them. It's just a little scratch. <laughs> And hippos have been spotted a long ways from the estate. Oh, wow. Like 50 to 100 miles. Wow. That's a, that's a long way. Yeah. Uh, one problem is all is all that hippo poop. Oh. It's um, fertilizing harmful algae and bacteria, oh. causing toxic algae blooms. That's something you never would have thought of. No. But there's just so many little things like that when it comes to the balance of an ecosystem. Yeah. 
the large amounts of waste they're excreting into the lakes and rivers is changing the water's chemistry and even the oxygen levels. Oh. And they are they are changing the aquatic ecosystem and it's affecting all the local wildlife like manatees, turtles, oh. and every it's affecting almost everything else. Wow. I mean and nothing can fight against a hippo, yeah. especially in South America. Yeah. Uh, luckily, or well, actually, sorry, uh, and hippos—they aren't—they're not the nicest animals no. around. They are really mean. In Africa, they are one of the meanest, most territorial animals out there, and they kill hundreds of people a year in Africa. Wow. Like, they are extremely dangerous animals to humans. Like, they are top level dangerous. Wow. Uh, luckily, here in Colombia, there has never been an attack. Wow, I find that surprising. I do, yeah, uh, it really I is. I mean, they're raised by Pablo Escobar. You think they would have had a taste for human flesh by now. <laughs> right, that's a good one. But these hippos have been known to make their way into town as well. <laughs> I've watched videos of hippos just walking through a town with dozens of people Walking near them, get the, way too close. You know how oh. we say, like, if you get too close to a bison in Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah. These people are getting close to wild hippos. That's funny. And this is like an everyday occurrence in this town. This town is, so Pablo is um, Medellin. Medellin, how do you say it? Medellin. Medellin, yeah. yeah. So this town is, the estate is outside of, I say it again? Medellin. Medellin. And then there's another little village. That's the village I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, and... I, yeah, like it's a common, it's like an everyday thing. And the people, the locals are calling them the village pets. Like, wow. Oh, it's just a hippo. No, no problem there. Wow. And then they like, have, it's like the mascot of the town. The people like, they love the hippos. Huh. And I personally hypothesize that the hippos are a bit more calm than the ones in Africa. Okay. Due to there not being much stress on them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that could be a thing. There's no yeah. natural predators, plenty of food, plenty of water, and maybe that makes them a little less aggressive. Yeah. But still, they are hippos, and they are very dangerous. I, I, there was a video I watched where they these people were getting too close to the riverbank where the hippos were. Hippo got out and charged them. Oh, boy. I mean, they, so what you're supposed to do if a hippo is running at you, run in a zigzag pattern oh, because they okay. can only run straight. Okay. So you'd be like, a, like reminds me of like a football player doing a, a post pattern or something nice. zigzagging. And I, there, there's, a, there's, yeah, you wouldn't believe these videos. They're just, hippos just walking down Main Street and it's like right next to people's houses. Wow. Not a big deal. I can't believe somebody hasn't been attacked. That's crazy. Okay, so now the main question is, what do you do with this growing population of hippos? It's a very difficult situation, right? There's so many things. Uh, do you exterminate them? Uh, could you just go out there and shoot them all? Well, after one hippo was killed in this way, there was an outcry of support against killing them. Oh, so much that a judge ruled it illegal to kill these hippos. Oh wow! So these hippos now they're protected, huh? These hippos are protected more than all the almost all the animals in the jungle already. Wow! More than jaguars, more than Jeez. almost anything. A protected invasive invasive yeah. species. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been they've uh, actually tried sterilizing the hippos by castrating the males. 
Uh-huh. But think think about Life how finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> this has been proven to be extremely difficult. I mean, imagine how hard it is to capture a three ton aquatic animal. Yeah. I mean, are you going to go up and castrate a hippo? I imagine they try to do it when they're young, but then they got their mothers. How uh, are you going to get close to these yeah. hippos? There's from what the researcher said, they only get about one of these done per year at most. Wow. So it's that's not going to work, right? And there have been talks about moving them, also very difficult. And we just said it. How do you move hippos, like wild hippos, you know? And now the hippos are a tourist attraction and bring in lots of money. Ah. That's why the people like the hippos. Mm. So as of now, there isn't really anything being done. Uh, This just remains hippo heaven, basically. Wow. Experts say that in a few decades, they could number into the thousands. Wow. I mean, there's going to be a wild population of hippos in Colombia now. They just need could to get, go further. Who knows? They just need to get CNN down there and start uh, running some news articles. The hippos will kill you. <laughs> They're coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to get rid of them. Uh, also, I, I, I do think this. So maybe it's just a matter of time before someone gets hurt or killed by the hippos, right? Yeah. It's got to be, which could change public opinion of them and warrant something to be done. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like that's, it has to take something big like that yeah. to happen. Or enough the, of the water source gets contaminated and they can't use it e- anymore. You know? Yeah, but there's so much water there. There's, I mean, if yeah. they, if they, well, if, if they, they, but if they, if they, if they screw they up one lake. Contaminated up river. Yeah, you know. there's so much water for a, a river. It would just be a portion of the river. I mean, there's rivers are so big. Oh, okay. I mean, I think they were talking about contaminating a lake area, so oh. that makes a little more sense. Yeah. But there's just so much water there. It'd be so, you know how much poop they'd have to have to do that. <laughs> uh, but until these, we don't. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows. But huh. uh, until then, these cocaine hippos will remain. <laughs> I like that story. I don't know. I, I've, I've been into Pablo Escobar. Maybe that's why. Nice. Maybe that's how they came up with Hungry Hippos. They were just hippos on cocaine. Oh, I'm hungry now. <laughs> I don't know if, co- if hunger is a cocaine side effect. Oh, it's not? I guess I it's know. just marijuana then. I yeah, guess. that's marijuana. Munchies. <laughs> the munchy hippos. <laughs> cocaine is just like, oh, I feel good. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, this is a that was a very short version of this story. I actually really, I actually, yeah, I shortened it a lot. I actually might want to expand more on it in the future. Okay, possibly do a whole episode on them. Okay, I, I find it really cool, and yeah. we also need to do a, a hippo episode sometime. We haven't, oh, even, yeah. we haven't even done hippos yet, huh? So we need to add, we need to do those soon. I think. Yeah. Okay, so for our next story. We are going to the Pacific island of Guam. Ooh. Guam is actually a territory of the U.S., and the citizens are American by birth. Nice. And they can vote, too. Hey. I don't know who they vote for. I have no I idea. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, so Guam has a very big snake problem. Oh, Wow. The island is known for hosting an invasive venomous brown snake that has wrecked complete havoc on its native population. Oh, wow. These snakes are a very good example on how devastating an invasive species can really be. 
back during World War II, Guam was controlled by the Japanese mm-hmm. before being freed by the U.S. in 1944. And somewhere along the line, these brown tree snakes are believed to have hitched a ride with U.S. military equipment from their native home of uh, Papua New Guinea. Oh, okay. So they hitched a ride. And since then, these these snakes have taken over the island, literally. Wow. It's believed there are now over 2 million snakes on the island. Oh, wow. With densities of up to 13,000 per square mile. Jeez. I don't know if that's... But what was it? We had Snake Island, the Golden oh, Lancet. Uh-huh. I, I think there was more, but that was such a small island, so it's hard to say. Yeah. But, yeah. That's uh, crazy. These snakes aren't very large, but do grow larger in Guam than their native islands. Oh, wow. Averaging around three and a half to six and a half feet. But the the largest one found in Guam was over nine feet. Wow. So that that's, paints a picture on the effect of these snakes. And as a result of abundant prey and no natural predators, these snakes are just thriving in Guam. Oh boy. Uh, an interesting thing I read, these snakes have teeth that inject venom and their these teeth are in the back of the mouth, huh. not the front of which you would think is normal. Like fangs. These teeth are actually in the back of the mouth. Well, that's interesting. They're, they're venom teeth so the the snake's mouth must be completely open as wide as possible in order to inject venom interesting huh yeah i I don't i've never heard i've never heard that before it might be a more common thing that i know of but i've never heard that actually Uh, since they arrived on guam the ecosystem has changed drastically Uh, 10 of the 12 bird species that were native to guam have vanished oh no 10 out of 12 Jeez. They went extinct due to these snakes. That's wow. that's a, see, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's actually a really big issue. Huh? Yeah. They're uh, making other animals go extinct. And people who live there have noticed how silent the island is now without the birds chirping. Oh. It's just, a, they said it's just an eerie nothingness. Wow. Because there's hardly any birds there anymore. And what birds they have, they try to put them in like their own little area and uh-huh. they have like, um, snake traps, so the snakes hope, try not to get in there. Oh, okay. But uh, they have also affected the fruit bat population. Lizards, small mammals, everything has been affected. Hmm. Even uh, vegetation has been affected. You know, the birds uh, acted as pollinators. So with birds gone, the vegetation has suffered too. Oh, gee. Just, uh, that just shows you the, the um, ripple effect that something like this can have yeah. on an environment. There's such a delicate balance. Yeah. And <clears throat> now also, since there are barely any birds, the local spider population has skyrocketed. <laughs> Experts say that... Gua- Don't tell me they're, they're uh, poisonous or venomous either. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't oh, get that. I didn't, I didn't figure out what kind they were. Oh. Probably. We'll just say that. We'll just say they are. <laughs> we'll say they're giants, too. No, wow. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of spiders there are. But experts say that Guam now has 40 times the normal number of spiders than it, than it wow. should. No birds to eat the spiders. Sp- spider population goes out of control. But yeah, but it's just the, the, how delicate the balance of nature is. Like, yeah. Every species plays a role. And then a few snakes show up and just mess everything up. 
And now, now Guam is an island full of snakes and spiders. Oh, Two of everybody's favorite animals, right? Yeah. They don't scare anybody. Indiana Jones will hate that place. <laughs> so uh, how about a vacation there, Dave? Oh, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really selling you on it. I, I, I would <laughs> not be... A, uh, I'm not selling it on the tourism of Guam. I don't think that Guam's going to like us very much. <laughs> yeah. We're not selling that. Uh, the snakes aren't only a problem for local wildlife, but for people as well. Now, I couldn't find any information on attacks on people, but these snakes are actually highly aggressive. Oh, boy. To add to it. So I'm sure someone has been bitten before. It's got to. Yeah. And the snakes are so plentiful that they've caused over 4.5 million of damage by shorting out electrical systems. Like they're, they're getting into the electrical systems. <laughs> oh, boy. And this is, that's only over a seven-year period. Jeez. These snakes suck, yeah. to say the least, right? So what can you do about this huge snake problem? With this one, I say eradicate them, right? Yeah. You got to get rid of these guys. Yeah. There has been some there and there have been a lot of creative ideas, ideas implemented to combat these little assholes. Uh, scientists are working on a disease they <laughs> that they could release that is specific for snakes. Oh, OK. Uh, I don't think it's happened yet as I couldn't find any other information, but maybe huh. there's a plant a virus in snakes. There you go. And then Why it, do they introduce mongoose and then uh, have an invasive mongoose? <laughs> then they have then it. They got well, that's another that. thing that happens, too. <laughs> not with this one, but with a lot of invasive, yeah. They'll have an animal, and then they're like, oh, well, we'll get this other animal. They have an invasion of rats or something, say that. Yeah. Oh, well, now let's put snakes there. Now there's an invasion of snakes. Well, now let's get some birds there. Invasion of birds. Yeah. I, it just, it could, that's happened before. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's, uh, well, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, Uh wolves in Yellowstone? No, I not gonna... Oh. Yeah, their caribou and everything got out of hand and so they they introduced wolves. They brought wolves down in to mm -hmm. take care of it because they were they were eating way too much vegetation. So then they did, but now the wolves became invasive and they were eating too much so they had to they had killing to calm too many that down. Yeah. killing too many of the elk and yeah. now there's not enough elk. Yeah. It's a, yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> but um yeah, there's oh, there's been a creative way that has held positive results. So several times the US Agricultural Department dropped thousands of dead mice on little mini parachutes. <laughs> I don't know if that's adorable or what. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they drop them on little parachutes and these mice are laced with painkillers. Specifically, oh crap, all right. Uh, Nemophobin. I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, guys. I know. But it is an ingredient in Tylenol. Acetaminophene? Hey, jeez, Dave. Look at you. Yes. Acetaminophene. <laughs> Whatever you... Say it again. Well, now I can't say it. Now oh. I'm screwed up. I don't know if I remember now. Acetaminophene. Uh, that's not right now, is it? <laughs> it? Oh, well. I think I think everybody gets the point. Yeah. Okay? It's, an, it's an ingredient in Tylenol. And this is actually deadly to the snakes. Huh. And there have been positive results from this too. The the snake only needs to eat just 80 milligrams, which is about one sixth of a standard pill. Ah. Uh, and this is also an eight million dollar program. <laughs> oh, wow. So there's millions of dollars being um, spent on these snakes. Gee. And yeah, they don't only. Um, so yeah, that that shows you another issue with invasive species: millions of dollars being sent in to uh, yeah. take care of them. All right, so now these snakes don't only pose a threat in Guam; these snakes are very sneaky, 
and can fit in the smallest of places, including in planes. Oh, boy. Any plane coming from Guam must be searched by snake-sniffing dogs. Oh, nice. Or in even uh, cargo ships. Huh. The fear is that these snakes moving to other tropical islands and causing the same destruction. Huh. And to my knowledge, there have been at least three sightings verified in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Uh, I read an older article, so it may be more now, or maybe they controlled it. I'm not oh, entirely okay. really sure. It was like from 2013. Oh. Isn't that neat, though, what dogs are able to see? Yeah, that, that part's true. It's... But they have a problem because these snakes, are they're really thin. They're not, like oh, said, okay. They're, they're not very big around, but okay. they uh, they can hide really well, apparently. Oh. Uh, and this, yeah, this story is a pure example of how devastating an invasive species can be. These snakes affect the local wildlife, causing some to go extinct and also costing millions of dollars. Uh, do you know what may be the only solution for Guam, Dave? Uh, blow it up. Close. Burn it down! <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Obviously, we don't want to burn down the whole island of Guam. Just the snakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I and I just kind of wanted to use that sound effect. We haven't used it in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did read something saying that since the island is so populated with snakes, uh, they may be eating themselves out of a home. Ah. The island is getting to where it might not be able to support them for much longer. Okay. Which, that happens too, you know? Yeah. I, I normally don't say this, but the sooner they die, the better. Yeah. You don't say that, I don't, we don't say that about animals often, but with these little bastards, I think it's okay. Yeah. They're destroying everything else. Okay, so Dave, you have an invasive species to talk about, right? Yeah. All right, so why don't you share it with us? Okay. Picture this. This is, happens to be the most invasive mammal that has ever taken over. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's really, it's the, the invasive European rabbit to Australia. <laughs> you saying that reminds me of Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. When the rabbit attacks them all. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that, that's how it is. That's just uh, exactly how it is. <laughs> no. But yeah, in uh, 1859, you know, Europe, Europe, or, well, England or Europeans, they started colonizing mm -hmm. um, Australia. Well, some, of course, uh, some rich uh, guy that settled in Victoria, Australia, uh, decided he'd introduce about 13 wild European wild rabbits to him, you know. To set free on his estate to use for hunting, you know, just for sport. I just want to hunt some thirteen rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he did. But fifty years later, it's now invasive. <laughs> it's it's like you should know better. It's a rabbit. Oh, they breed like <laughs> rabbits. rabbits. Yeah. So yeah, they got the numbers got so large they started destroying the crops and all the land. They you know which leads to more soil erosion. So. Uh, they started doing that. So now they're like, well, shoot, now we got to try to get rid of these things. And they've tried different things because there's not much, they don't really have a predator there. I mean, they've got a few that could take uh, it out. But there's like some dingoes, but yeah, there's no way they could keep up with a rabbit no, population. No. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a desert. And I don't even, so, well, I, I don't it doesn't know. support enough of its, it doesn't support enough life for its predator. Yeah. 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 And they're all over the place now. Like they've spread all over, over the Australia. whole continent. Yeah. So they are all over. So, 
you know, just to give you a, a, an idea of, the, of, you know, how fast they can reproduce, they start reproducing really young. And they re- reproduce all year round. There's not a season for it. Uh, and they each each rabbit can have four litters every year, with Jeez. about two to five baby rabbits per litter on average. So what is that? Twenty uh, plus yeah. a year. I remember uh, we went up to Idaho uh, when I was younger, and we had some uh, some cousins that lived up there, and they had some rabbits that they bred in their uh, the barn they had there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I just remember this little thing, maybe about as big as this this little table here, and it was just full of these. They're just, they look like little pink things. They had no fur. They're little mm-hmm. tiny pink things. Just full of them. I'm thinking, geez. So they grow so, I mean, they, they have that. And then they grow fast. It's crazy. So, yeah, now they, they can't figure out how to get rid of it very well, but they keep trying. So they've got government researchers. They've got biologists. They've got farmers. They're all trying to, to quell the invasion. Yeah. They quell this powerful invasion. <laughs> but uh, they they've tried... They've tried fences, doesn't work. Poisons, pathogens. Oh, yeah, back on the viruses. They tried a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's kind of oddly enough. Um, and it, it, it was actually, um, they were making it in a uh, biological facility, and it escaped. Really? It did. Yeah, <laughs> early. Things, just, things have escaped way too yeah, often, I They feel said like. it escaped, and then they finally released it the next year, you know? <laughs> so wait, the virus <laughs> escaped? Purpose. Yeah, they somehow got out of the lab. All right. But anyway, so they, they got it out, and it tries to quell this, but um, it's it's only supposed to be for rabbits themselves. Mm-hmm. Um and, but oddly enough, and this they, they did this in about 95 is when it find or no, it was in the 80s. In the 80s. And then in 95, they've tried another virus. Um, and anyway, it's out in the wild. But it, it helped lower the numbers, but they're already becoming immune to yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that... that's the funny thing. It's kind of funny because we talk about, you know, we got the COVID-19 situation going mm-hmm. on. Uh, who knows how much of this stuff gets thrown out there from research, you know, escape from the lab. <laughs> but either way... You get an immunity for it. It's a virus. Yeah. And I mean, so even if, when they try to do this on any other species, it's it's not going to completely eradicate. They'll get, they they become immune to it. They pass it along. Yeah. Like I said, they- And they're stupid rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. So it's just, they, they try to fumigate, usually introduce poisons and things like I, that. I know they, they do hunting too, but hunting, you can only do so much. Yeah. You yeah. just kill I mean, one at a time. That's not yeah. enough. Yeah, no big deal. He'll have he'll have reproduced about thirty yeah, more about in the 60, next two 60 weeks. Sixty brothers and sisters <laughs> down the hill. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but they they've got the po- poison that they use a sodium fluor I can't now. I can't pronounce this. <laughs> it's like sodium fluorosetate. You know, it's got a high mortality rate, ninety percent. So it works really well. But you know, you got to be careful. So they just fumigate the actual burrows trying that. So I, th- that's kind of all they do, but they're they're continually trying to keep this under control because, uh, yeah, Australia is a desert. When everyone tries to farm, everything's eating it there. You know, yeah, the that's kangaroos a really good point. Got, got into it at one point. Remember that? Or not the kangaroos? The uh, emus. Yeah, we're getting into farms. So poor farmers. It's like anything gets. Yeah, gets their I, that's stuff. a good point. With the um, when stuff does grow, everything is on it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a really good point. And yeah. so you know, now you got these stupid rabbits that are eating all everything for the local population. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You think they'd start farming those, you know, to for meat? But I, I, it's probably too messy to have to worry about 
you know, getting meat off of a rabbit for everybody. You know? Yeah, there's not, not going to sell that at the supermarket. Yeah, and rabbits, <laughs> rabbits really lean meat too. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Montana, eastern Montana, for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, my roommates, <laughs> well, this is like a really rural place. Okay, like we, <laughs> and I went to community college there for a year to play baseball, but um. We're super rural. I'm talking like we're cleaning our shotguns on the campus of the college. <laughs> nice. like we went shooting just like a little ways away. We little literally have pheasants and ducks and we're right in the dorm parking lot and we're cleaning our guns. That's how rural <laughs> this place is. But I remember my roommates went out and they were they were always broke. I don't know what it was. They but they're I don't know if their parents just didn't send them money, but they were always broke, always bumming food. But I remember uh-huh. one time they went out and then they came back. It's like he opens the door, boys, I got dinner. And he's got a rabbit right there. <laughs> and so he cuts it up and cooks it. And I remember having a little bit. It was, it was me. He uh, didn't, I, don't, I don't even know if they seasoned it much, but oh yeah, <laughs> these guys were redneck. That's why it's always in a, you have rabbit stew. You have to have something That's else to give us some taste, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, that was a good story. Yeah. And you know, I also, I can't remember where it is. I want to say it's an island. It might be somewhere around the UK. I can't remember. But there's also an invasion of rabbits. Oh, yeah. And I want to say that they introduced foxes to oh, kill the rabbits. Oh, okay. Now there's too many foxes. <laughs> there's too many foxes and they're killing all the um, chicken egg, the chick, the um, farm animals and everything oh. like that. So just problem on problem. Yeah. Trying to solve these invasive species issues. Yeah. All right. That was good, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on to our last one for the episode. This is another really good example of how the uh, negative effects of an invasive species, what it can do. And I'm talking about the Asian carp. Ah, interesting. So these uh, fish were first imported to the U.S. in the 60s and 70s for use in aquaculture facilities and retention ponds to kind uh-huh. of clean things up a yeah. little bit, just like that. But then a bunch escaped <laughs> another escape <laughs> during flooding and are now taking over parts of the Mississippi river oh. and all of its tributaries are just all over. And they are these carp are, they're filter feeders that consume the base of the aquatic food chain, starving out and out competing native fish species. Oh, now, there are actually four species of these carp that have invaded. The grass carp, black carp, silver carp, and the big head carp. Huh. The silver and the big head cause the most damage, so we're going to focus on them. Okay. So, here's this. I didn't, I didn't know. This is something that I did not know, is that actually all carp in general are invasive. Huh. All the carp that we have, we have tons of carp all over the here in Utah, I know that for a fact. And I think they're everywhere, pretty much. Oh. The common carp is what... Or the yellow carp or common carp. Okay. It's pretty much everywhere. They were reduced in, to the to the U.S. way back in the 1800s. Oh, wow. They, they've been around so long that we don't really consider them invasive anymore, right? I didn't even know they were invasive. Yeah. So, there's that, I guess. All carp are invasive. Uh, so, these Asian carp are known to be well established in the Mississippi River Basin, including its tributaries. In some areas, like the Illinois River, they have extremely high numbers. Uh, The carp have been found as far south as Louisiana and all as far north as Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So, all over the Mississippi. 
Uh, one of the main goals is to keep these carp from getting to the Great Lake ecosystems. Okay. Uh, more on that at the end. but So you may actually know of these carp if you've ever seen a video of a motorboat traveling through a river and then tons of fish just jumping like crazy. Have you ever seen that? No. Ah, I'm going to have to show it to you after this. Okay. You know what? I'm going to show it to you right now. Quick pause. Okay. Okay, so I just showed Dave those videos. What'd you think, Dave? Oh, they were funny. <laughs> uh, that was okay. pretty neat. Those fish are just jumping out like crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, um, there's a video of the and motorboat traveling through a river and then just tons of fishing jumping out of the water. Like, ton, like oh, lots yeah. of them. Uh, that's the silver carp. It's like a play. It was like plague. Plague thickness, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, but yeah, that's the silver carp. The silver carp is the one that does that. They are the dickheads of the carp family. <laughs> but these silver carp are also known as the flying carp. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, when startled by loud noise, these carp jump into the air, and they can get up to 10 feet high. And they're not small fish either. No. Like, normally they're around 20. That's probably about they, 20 inches, 20, yeah. Well, like, they're heavy, too. They can get up to 20 pounds. Oh, wow. Well, no, they can, get up to, they, they, can, they can get up to 100 pounds. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. But, this, this like, a 20 is a pretty good size one. Okay. But, yeah, that's a 20-pound fish jumping out of the air sometimes. Wow. So, it's actually kind of dangerous to drive <laughs> a boat where these fish are. And they have been known to jump straight into boats, uh, often hitting people inside and can cause injuries to people. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, well, we not did. the injury, though. <laughs> so, like, a 20-pound fish hitting you in the face can't feel good. No. <laughs> uh, I encourage everyone to look up a video of them jumping out. And you're not going to believe it if you haven't seen it before. It's pretty yeah. crazy. So, uh, water skiing and tubing would be extremely dangerous. You could get knocked out and drown. Unless you want to participate in a new sport called scarping. Scarping. That's nice. what it's called. I just showed Dave the video. Yeah. So I found a video of these guys who wakeboard or ski on the river. They're wearing a football helmet <laughs> and they've got a net on them. And then on another rope, they had a tube with a <laughs> trash can on top, along with one of those uh, basketball hoops for children. Yeah. <laughs> they were they, These guys are literally skiing and catching fish with the net and then slamming it into <laughs> the trash can through the basketball hoop. It's yeah. hilarious. You got to check it out. Oh, man. See, uh, they figured out how to deal with the invasive species. <laughs> right. Yeah. Never doubt redneck innovation. <laughs> Uh, one guy even wore a cup just in case. <laughs> he just got hit smart, in the smart. <laughs> smart. And they were actually catching quite a few, and uh, they were having competitions. I didn't show you that part, but they were. Okay. They were like, "It's two points if you do this, one point if you do that." Nice. Uh, it looked like alcohol was probably required. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, scarping, uh, it seems like an awesome sport. Yeah, I would definitely participate in that. <laughs> I'll put the link up to this video for everyone, anyone who wants to see it. But if you just just search up um, Asian carp and it'll be like the top five if you want to see it. It's really funny. But let's say scarping isn't really your thing. You don't feel like getting on the water ski. Well, that's okay. You can participate in the annual Redneck Fishing Tournament <laughs> in Bath, Illinois. 
Hey. There is a short documentary from Vice News. That was the one I put on. Oh, okay. Uh, and I like Vice News, actually. But the reporter goes out, and he's a nerdy-looking dude. Is huh? that the one, the guy in the That's the guy okay, with yeah. I could tell he didn't belong. He, yeah. <laughs> he's just super nerdy. and Oh, no, I, I have fish all over me. <laughs> <laughs> That's but the reporter goes out with a bunch of these guys on the tournament, and uh, the name fits because it is a, as redneck as you can get. <laughs> Boats full of redneck guys drinking and catching, jumping fish with the nets. And the reporter, he actually got hit right in the face by one of these fish, yeah, too. Yeah. And this looks like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you go, you could hang out with guys like Ringding. <laughs> he was the one you saw that was punching the fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also hang out with uh, Jimmy Stick. Nice. You can hang out with Catfish. <laughs> He's the, the big guy of the group. Oh, yeah. And, of course, there's River Gary. <laughs> He, he's the a name uh, only a mother could love. He is the drunk captain of the boat. <laughs> uh, I personally want to go and hang out with, with these guys. Yeah, they look fun. fun. So if you're ever in Bath, Illinois, make sure to check out the Redneck Fishing Tournament. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So they catch these fish and what well, you're supposed to do, you're, you're supposed to kill them. Um, that's the point to try and kill as many as possible. Uh, other than these redneck tournaments, the Asian carp has really affected commercial fisheries. Mm. They used to be able to go out and catch bass and other local fish, but now the carp has just taken over. Oh. There's just no getting around them. Oh. Uh, in that same Vice documentary, the reporter went out on the Illinois River with an actual fisherman. They caught the fish in the nets, and they got so many. You saw there was a yeah. huge boat full, uh, boat full, and it ended up being around 3,000 pounds of fish wow. in that one day of catching. Gee. So there actually is a market for these fish to sell for human consumption. So how do they taste? I'll, t- I'll tell you that in a moment. Okay. Um, carp are, are strange in that almost everywhere else in the world, people regularly eat carp. Okay. It's perfectly normal to eat carp everywhere else. But in America, we still have an image of them as being trash fish. Hmm. And most people won't even bother eating them. Oh, really? No. Hmm. I've heard that before. I'm like, oh, we're not getting a stupid carp. Get out of here. And, you know, nobody wants to catch carp. They just they would rather oh. ignore them. But yeah, it's a, a weird American thing where we don't want to eat them. Maybe that, maybe that stems from them being invasive from the first place. Okay. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, I do know that uh, carp are very bony. Oh, okay. Uh, but if cooked right, apparently carp can be really good. Hmm. I heard I read that it was similar to cod. Oh, okay. I mean, I like That'd cod. That'd be good. Yeah. But yeah, it, apparently it's really bony. Yeah, I've never tried carp, so I can't I can't say anything. Okay. And the big head carp is actually the most profitable one. Uh, they really do have giant heads, and they have this on on the, in their cheek. They have this cheek meat. Oh. On their head, which is actually considered a delicacy. That's what people want: is this cheek meat from these. Um, big heads. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And that's considered to be the best tasting part on there. Huh. And probably and no bone. Huh. Uh, the guy who caught the 3,000 pounds made over $980 selling the fish. Wow. So there is a market for them, just not a very large one. Okay. 
But if people started eating these fish more, there would be a market and fishermen could once again have an industry on them in these areas on the Mississippi. Yeah. Americans just aren't used to having bone in their meat. Yeah. If you think about it, we're just, yeah, it doesn't sound appealing either. No, <laughs> people don't like to have to worry about taking it out. You yeah. Know? Uh, even it, it shouldn't be that hard though, would it? I don't, I don't know. Cause most fish, you just slice it, it, pull it out, you know? Yeah. But uh, even with all the fishing of these carp, they still pose huge problems. There has been a lot of effort to make sure these carp don't get into the Great Lakes. If the carp got into the Great Lakes, it would be devastating to local wildlife as well as the $7 billion fish industry they have. So over the years, there has been a lot of effort to make sure these carp don't get there. The most likely place the carp would get through is through the Chicago waterways. Mm. The um, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has jurisdiction over these waterways. And some things they've done to halt the carp is they've put in air cannons. To like, oh, interesting. Like these big things that will blow air and scare the carp oh, away. Okay. They've done something with UV light steril- sterilization huh. that kill eggs. And they've also put an electric barrier. Oh, wow. And I watched a video of this electric barrier in action. And they turned... So they, I don't know if they kind of huddled some fish together, but they turned turned the electricity on and hundreds of fish just start jumping like crazy. Oh, wow. And then dying oh. like crazy. It was actually pretty cool to watch. And there, there's just a sea of dead fish and then boats came in and scooped them all up and took them wow. somewhere. But it was... So these these uh, electric this electricity could actually work pretty well. Huh. But yeah, tens of millions of dollars have been spent on these invasive Asian carp. Wow. Um, I guess now we should call them Asian American carp, if we <laughs> yeah. want to be politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to sum it up, these carp are the definition of an invasive species. Eradicating them completely isn't just unlikely but pretty much impossible yeah at this point uh we definitely need to keep them out of the great lakes do the best we can to not have them there Uh, if you happen to be fishing and catch a carp it's highly suggested you don't release it they if you don't want to you can just this is like recommended you can just throw them on the bank okay and like that's how big of a problem i mean some people i don't want to kill the animal you know i get that but when it's something like this, an invasive species, you, you got to do your part. Yeah. But only time will tell what happens with them. Yeah. Everybody just start eating carp and start liking it now. I know. That's what yeah, I kind of want to try it now. I would definitely try it, yeah. Um, I, I know there is a lot more we didn't get to about the, the story of the carp, but uh, we don't have tons of time, obviously. No. But um, if you do want to, uh, I recommend looking up some of these videos on the Asian carp if you want to learn more and just to see how cool it is to have them jumping around. And people, yeah. people are just catching them with nets outside the boat while, while traveling so at full speed. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but yeah. it's, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, that's actually going to wrap up part one. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface on this invasive topic. No pun intended. No pun intended, ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, next episode will be part two, as we have many more invasive animals to talk about. Uh, the, the kind, I think what we're going to do, the main theme for part two uh-huh. will be invasive species in Florida. Oh, okay. Because well, there's, there's plenty of those. There's plenty of those. Uh, well, it's Florida. What did you expect? Yeah. And there were plenty of drug lords that have been <laughs> yeah. repoed and had menageries. Well, Pablo Escobar, <laughs> Miami, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's iguanas, lionfish, pythons, just to name a few. So we're going to do that for next episode. Okay. And then after that, episode 85 is going to be our second year anniversary episode. That will be especially fun. I got got some good ideas we're going to do for that. And so we'll probably share some of our favorite stories from the year. Um, I only have a few listener stories. So for... If anybody has one, please send them in now. This is this is the time. Time is running out, so send them in. And then, of course, Dave, we have the very sought-after Force of Nature Awards show. Hey! It is the Grammys. The Emmys all wrapped up in one. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot of ideas for that, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. And then I thought of other ideas. Then after, after the anniversary show, then we're going to have our 12th edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. Okay. I got a lot of those. Then after that, I'm thinking an episode on Glacier National Park. Ooh, okay. And then, particularly because there's a really good story. The story is called Night of the Grizzlies. Ooh. Sounds good, huh? Yeah. Sounds like a movie. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you about it now, but (laughs) then it's Night of the Grizzlies. That sounds cool. So we've got a lot of good things coming up. Uh, No shout outs this episode, Dave. That's okay. What can everyone do if they want to contribute to the show? Well, they can help us, uh, just like a college fraternity invading a bar mitzvah, help us invade the internet by subscribing, rate, review. Give us five stars, say something you like. Also, if you want to help us even more, you can invade your pocketbooks and donate. <laughs> you're, you're pretty good at those. I like it when you do that. Yeah, you can um, send a donation. That'd be more than wonderful. You can do that on PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on Venmo on my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And all that info is in the description below. And to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us, uh, well, right now is what we when we want you to do it. Tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know. Or if you... Also, just want to say hi, suggest an episode idea, feel free to. You can email us on, or you can email us or find us on Facebook. Yeah. Also, help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we're on we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all the platforms we need to be on. Uh, Dave, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm good. All right. Well, how about you, Professor? Hmm. I really liked that video of those gentlemen scarping. Hmm. Gentlemen, I require four skis, a football helmet, and a trash can. Oh, boy. So, scarping does sound fun. So, <laughs> Cheetor, if we go, we will invite you. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. This is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye.